0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Next Level, a podcast from the Team Performance Institute. Here we provide actionable insights on modern leadership and team development, driving higher levels of organizational performance and life empowerment. I'm your host, John Sanchez. Join me and my team as we take you on the journey to the next level. Hello welcome everybody to The Next Level. We are honored and psyched to have the legendary Ken Bloom with us. Ken, welcome. Guten Tag, Johnny. (laughs) Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Guten Tag, indeed. We've had a few Guten Tags lately. We've been on tour for the past two days. Chicago. Chicago, back in Cincinnati. Today's podcast is going to be a really fun one. Today is about the Hacker Heron, which is a group that uh, Ken founded, we're going to go into the history of it. Ken founded many years ago, but just to give a brief intro on Ken, great guy, best friend. We've known each other
1: 20 years now, 20 yeah, years. Been, um, uh, I think I think 2003 was the first year inside the tent, inside the tent, I think is where <laughs> I, I gave you my first handshake.
0: Isn't that cool? All the friendships that we've made. Now let's get a little bit of the background. So today's podcast is going to be around. You know building community building trust a, a good cool brotherhood fellowship that that you've really built over the years for close to 500 guys right, right uh but this is about everybody just you know this is about a lot of fun and uh ken's group is oktoberfest in germany in munich every year so pull yourself a long tall... not every
1: year john we had one year
0: that's true that's true i forgot about that we had two years that didn't happen. Well, I just
1: met one year we did it in Cincinnati. That's right. Yeah. Right here in Cincinnati. Thanks to Jill
0: Meyer. And,
1: Jill uh put and, together a great program for us. It was fantastic.
0: It's fantastic. So everybody, p- pour yourself a, a tall, cool one. In fact, Kenny, I think we should probably do that right now. We Gosh, have I've been our, waiting for this. <laughs> it's really hot outside. We I have our Hawker Shore beer here, and Bros. we have our Oktoberfest mugs for you guys mm-hmm. who are watching this. Uh, online we're actually pouring ourselves a nice cold beer
1: what better way to talk about oktoberfest you know john yeah. i uh, i didn't randomly pull out two of your uh, your mosses i took out the one from 2003 which is the one i'm drinking oh out i of, like that and last year's last moss. year's yeah so we got the, the whole spectrum here of uh 20 years of enjoying oktoberfest together Prost. 20 years Prost, Prost, my brother
0: Oh, Hacker Shore, Hacker Shore, is Munich, Golden. All right, so let's get let's get into this, Kenny. If you look at where we are right now in 2023, and you think about what you've built and developed, it's almost the enormity of it's. It's really cool. You got about 500 guys on a spreadsheet. You got this great group of men, all different levels of executive, a lot of very successful folks. Um, everybody's really successful in the group. They all come together in an organized unit every year we have over a hundred guys going this year amazing and they all show up and they all have this like this sense of fellowship and brotherhood and it's just hugs and and everything and we, we walk right into these tents to to paint a picture of Oktoberfest for those of you who haven't been and we highly recommend that you go <laughs> clearly um, it is a it's like one of the most beautiful like state fair like type, type places and each and down the main strip is about 13 huge tents when i say tent i'm not talking about an american tent i'm talking about a building that it hosts about ten thousand six six thousand to ten thousand people in these buildings we get to go to the best tent the hawker the hawker tent we get to get in tables that are closest to the band and we have the most prized possession. So if you look at like the tables and our waiters hold them for us, our security are waiting for us. They let us in. We get like a front row seat to the best beer party of all time. I mean, pretty much undisputed. Munich's we knew it. Oktoberfest. Right. Um, when I think about that, it's like, how did this happen? Like, how did you,
1: how did you create over? I guess ninety two was the beginning, right? The so, first year I ever attended Oktoberfest, just with some work colleagues. Just went after work. I was in Munich uh, for business, and uh, just the 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 team was just going to Oktoberfest like you do if you're a Munich, you know, native. And they invited me along. That was the first time I went. Was I had no idea what I'd heard of Oktoberfest, but I had no idea what it was about. So you weren't living in Munich at the time. You weren't living. No, no, overseas. I lived in London. Actually, I did okay. live overseas. I lived in London, but uh, part of my job uh, would take me to Munich each week. So um i was just there working yeah. on a on a thursday night or whatever and we went to the tent afterwards
0: so tell me about the first time you go into the tent this is a big moment right you you go into the tent for right. the first time what was it like for you walking in the tent and where did it go from there
1: so i you know again i came from work so i'm wearing you know my normal work attire which at that time would have been a uh you know a tie I, i'm sure i took my tie up but I'm, you know wearing work clothes you know kind of formal business you know uh, clothing and uh i my eyes were like saucers when I walked in and saw this quote unquote tent, um, with yeah, eight, 10,000 people, music blaring people standing on the tables. Cause I went after work. So it was already roaring. It was already six, seven o'clock at night. The place is hopping and they have these giant beers. I've never seen a, uh, uh, I've never drank out of a beer mug as big as these. <laughs> these are what, what uh, a liter. Yep. And that's the only size you can buy. You, if you want a beer, you're, you're getting a liter of Hackershore beer if you're okay. in their tent.
0: That's right. They only serve, in each tent, they only serve the beer of that tent. So we're drinking Hackershore be- beer out of, It's like huge. It's a liter. They, in German, they call it a Moss. We call it a, well, we typically call it a Stein here in America, right, but right. it's this big Moss. So you got your big Moss. You walk in the tent first time, you're hanging out with some
1: uh, work colleagues. Work colleagues. Work colleagues. Yeah, I have, you know, probably four or five uh, work colleagues, uh, young German uh, folks. Um, and you know, you get overtaken by the music and the, the, the dancing and the fun. And, you know, the first leader goes down, it's a liter, which is about three beers. It's three 12 ounce beers. And the first one goes down in about two minutes, mm-hmm. extremely fast. Cause you're so excited with the energy level and you order another one. Yep. That one goes down in about four minutes. <laughs> Dangerous. Nobody, by the way. nobody told me about pacing yourself. <laughs> And uh yeah, it uh it went it went down from there. And uh the next day, I always prided myself, John, and when I was in college and at work, never missing a day because I was hungover yeah. or you know, I yep. had too much fun the night, but I'd never ever in my whole career missed a, a class or work because of of having a little too much. Then I went to Oktoberfest, <laughs> and the next day, Friday morning, didn't no happen way, for It me. broke your streak. Didn't happen for me. <laughs> yeah, first time ever, I was curled up in a fetal position because uh, nobody talked to me about pacing myself and how to do this thing. And I made a lot of rookie mistakes that first day.
0: Pacing yourself is a big part of Oktoberfest. I always tell rookies, drink drink your beer like it's coffee, like drink it, like you sip on it. Right, you're not, but it's hard not to get caught up in the excitement of the tent. I'm guilty, guilty as well. Uh, my first, my rookie year, uh, I don't think I got off the couch, which is a whole other, uh, discussion, but I, I really, I struggled the next day. So 92, you walk in work colleagues, you're having fun. You look around you think, man, I should bring some more people over to this. Tell us about how
1: it transpired from there. Right. Uh, that was a couple years later, you know, the 93, 94, same sort of thing. Just went with my work colleagues. Didn't think much, you know, about it. And then, um, um I had hired actually your brother, uh, who we called the Godfather, uh, mm-hmm. because he was, you know, one of the original uh guys like myself. He and I kind of put this thing together not consciously. We just it just it just evolved. Um, but Joe uh Sanchez worked for me back back in the day, and Joe um worked in lived in Munich, worked mm-hmm. in Munich in our office and spoke German. Mm-hmm. And uh Joe was the first one that really kind of opened the door beyond just, hey, let's have beer and let's eat some Hendel, you know, the, the, yeah. the chickens that are delicious, as yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he kind of took it, uh, you know, uh, another layer deep with starting to meet some local people and having, you know, some conversations beyond, yes, I'd like a beer, yes, I would like a, a Hendel. Um, and you really got to start feeling some of the, the local culture through his introduction. Yeah. Um, so we started meeting some people and then, um, and then I moved back to the, to the, uh, us, uh, full time in 96. And I was still, still working in Europe, traveling back and forth. And I would still go to Oktoberfest, you know, as kind of as a commuter. And then in, uh, John in 2000, I, I got the, the idea that, um, this thing is just so fun, and I don't think my friends have really even heard of Oktoberfest. So I introduced the 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 concept to them. I said, "You guys won't believe this party. You have got to uh, come with me, and we're gonna we're gonna go to Oktoberfest in Munich." And I I ended up getting about twenty work colleagues from from the U.S. from San Francisco basically, and uh, we put together a little tour. We got shirts, kind of similar to what, that was the first know, year of jersey. So it was twenty. 20- Dude, it was 2020, 2000. 20, oh, sorry, 2000, 20, 2000. Right? 2000 okay. Bad. First year of jerseys. Got it. First year of jerseys. Um, and we had, uh, I could say about 20, 24 people, something like that. And, um, no later hosing at that point, just, no just jeans and, yeah. and a shirt. And we had fun. We had fun. <laughs> These people, uh, all came over, kind of just trusted, you know, what I, what I, the, the story I was telling them and, uh, had a ball. Um, and then we decided, Hey, we got to do this again. Yeah. Unfortunately, nine eleven 11 happened oh, that's the next right. year. That's right. Yeah. So we didn't go. Yeah. In it happened in
0: September. And if, if you're watching this Oktoberfest, most of October happens in September. It, it always ends the first weekend of October, but you dial it back two weeks. So it's a September thing. So September 11th happens. World kind of changes. Oh one. And so you guys did not go.
1: So oh, we one. didn't go in Oh one as a mm. group. Um, and then, uh, you know, O uh, two, 2 we, we sat that one out as well, because it was still pretty intense, you know, traveling and stuff uh, at that point. But in 2003, a few of us started uh, trickling back in. We sent our scouts over, so to speak. <laughs> and that's where I had the pleasure of meeting you, John. That's
0: right. The O3 in the ten, I knew of you, heard of you. I had been to Oktoberfest in the... I was at 99, was my rookie year. Um, and just to go into the enormity of, of this for a second, if you guys are... Online right now, if you go to Hacker Heron, if you just Google Hacker Heron, H-A-C-K-E-R-H-E-R-E-N, it means the men of the Hacker tent is really what it is. Hackerheron.com. We have a Twitter handle. We have an Instagram handle. You'll see the enormity of this group, and you'll see what Ken and I are talking about, jerseys. If you're watching this online, I have the travel shirt on right now, and the travel shirt is uh, what we normally what wear to the tents on Thursday. Ken's got his jersey on. We're talking about jerseys. This is this year's jersey, and it's got the Oktoberfest logo on the front. It's got the C for captain, and the the most impressive part of Ken's jersey is the back. It's got his nickname, Hasselhoff. He's known affectionately as the Hoff in our group, and the big number, 27. Uh, Ken, tell us what the significance of
1: the number is on on your back. Well, it I wear it with pride. That means I've been to Oktoberfest twenty-seven different years. So, so the, the number on your back, John's got an impressive number on his jersey, which is nineteen. Um, but yeah, it's the number of years you've been to Oktoberfest, um, and it goes from twenty-seven, which is the you know the highest number in our group to R for rookies. This yeah. year we have 36 rookies, I think. 37 rookies. rookies going with us. So they get to wear the the R on their back and everyone knows, oh, there's a rookie. That's
0: a rookie. And then tell us a little bit about I mean I I love we celebrate rookies. When when you hear the word rookie, oftentimes you think that I mean, maybe comes with the negative connotation that like okay, uh this is a new guy or he's going to have to go get the beers or or there's going to be some type of a uh, a new guy, um, like initiation uh, with us, it's the exact opposite. The we opposite. get jealous of our rookies. We, when they come in, we celebrate our rookies. Tell us a little bit about rookies and how you prepare them to enter the tent. We have a on our website. You'll see a cheat sheet for rookies. Yeah. Tell us about like your
1: how you help rookies come into the tent before they even get there. You know, I want to um, really make sure that the rookies know what they're getting into. Um, that uh, they understand. They, they really do have kind of an obligation to our group because we've, we've got, you know, we, since since 1992, we've got whatever that is, 30, uh, 31 years of goodwill, which we built up inside the tent. We want to make sure that we don't compromise that goodwill. Um, so we talked to the rookies about um, the relationships that we've established over those years and the 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 brotherhood that we have established over those years, and we want to make sure that um, that they will enhance those, not not even just maintain. We want them to continue to enhance and and allow this group to get better and better. So w- we prepare them. I I, yeah. I kind of paint a picture for them in writing, um, and they probably they probably laugh at how many communications they get from me, you know, prior to Oktoberfest. But I really kind of set the stage for them, let them know who we are, what we're about. Um, and make sure that uh, that they embrace the spirit of gemütlichkeit. Oh, gemütlichkeit. We got to talk about gemütlichkeit. Gemütlichkeit, big German name. It's one a- of those, one of those German
0: words with 58 letters and <laughs> hard to say. And you if you go to Oktoberfest, you toast to it about 50 times a day. You yeah. raise your glass to uh, prose it uh, to gemütlichkeit and and look I think after about 10 years guys finally can actually say that word. I think so. There's no real good translation no solid translation for kite from uh, German to English, but I'll I will do my best. kite means to embrace the happiness of the festival, right? And we talk about rookies. We have an award every year, Rookie of the Year. It's a highly coveted award. It's a really fun. I can't wait to talk about Walt Steinbeck and we're Rookie <laughs> of the Year. Um, but it's not the it's not the guy who's the craziest or drinks the most beer or you know it's not that guy. It's the guy who embraces the happiness of the festival, which is in a lot of ways, embracing life. Like this is like when you're in the tent and it's fired up, you can, you just, you just feel so alive. And it's that guy who just brings it out in himself and in in many others around him as a rookie. Um, in 2003, I guess it was my, I think it was only my second year. I can't remember many, many years and lots of brain cells there, but, um, Walt Steinbeck comes to the tent and, uh, my brother, Joe, side funny story about Joe, when we were uh, in 1999, I went to Oktoberfest and Joe was there and he had bought lederhosen, he bought a couple sets of lederhosen, uh, his wife had a dirndl, my wife Anya, she was with us, she, she put a dirndl on, we go into the tent, we're standing there, we look like, we're two Filipinos who both speak German, so we look Mexican, but we're standing there and like, <laughs> and at that, that time, um, most people in the tent did not wear lederhosen which is really surprising. This festival has been going on for like little bit 100, 100 plus years at that point. And people were not in lederhosen, but Joe and I, we were fully decked out in lederhosen and we speak German. So pe- the Germans were like looking at us like, who are these guys? Joe says to me, this is funny because he, there's a table of Germans and they all were wearing basically American like gear. And we had a couple beers in us and and <laughs> he goes, Look at those guys; they're trying to look like Americans, right? And he goes, <laughs> "It's so obvious they're not." And then I'm like, "Wait a minute, look at us! Like, what are we like? <laughs> We're two like Phil- Filipino Americans in Germany." And later, I was like, "Turn the mirror on us!" Oh, funny. oh, it was it was so good. But going back to Walt Steinbeck, so Walt's in the tent, and at that point in our group it was only about like five to eight guys a year that would show up. You would do a good job of getting us hotel rooms and we'd kind of just book it out and we'd, we'd muscle our way into the tent. And if you go into the tent, Oktoberfest, you have to get into the tent, which is hard to do. And then you have to get to a table, which is really hard to do. Uh, in order to get a beer, it's not like a street festival in America where you can just walk around and buy a beer on the street and, and walk around with your beer. You have to actually get in a tent and be sitting down That's just the German culture. That's the Oktoberfest culture of how you get served. So getting into the town was a big deal. We had to muscle our way in. It was only four or five of us. We'd try to get real estate. We just one person to get a butt on a seat. And then over the course of an hour or two, we would get four or five butts on seats. We'd work our way into this, um, fast forward about 10 more hours into the night. And there's the great Walt Steinbeck standing on the, standing on a bench. Walt's a giant of a man, beautiful man, mountain of a man. And he is on fire. He is Oktoberfest incarn. He's he's personified the gamut. like he is just going at. I remember he had a muscle T-shirt on. One of those, oh, that's a funny shirt. One of those funny shirts that makes it look like you have muscles. Now Walt has huge muscles. He didn't need the shirt, but oh my goodness, he was on fire. And and um, and Joe says, man, you know, if there was, I think we were both talking. He said, you know, if there was an award like a rookie of the year, that guy would be the rookie of the year, and that became our award right the next Look year we
1: uh, we followed through on that and yep. uh, and awarded him uh, or or that uh, the end of that year we awarded him dude you just embrace the spirit of Oktoberfest you're the rookie of the year and that and that's how this thing the rookie of the year started was just he just was so effusive and just represented all that is Oktoberfest yeah. yep and then uh, the the thing that Walt did to carry that on, which was just a great idea. Oh, super. So we kind of awarded him Rookie of the Year, just, you know. Yeah.
0: You know. We are like, hey, you're the Rookie of the Year. There's yeah. no like real ceremony to it. You're like, Walt, you're kind of the Rookie of the Year. Congrats. He's so like- the
1: next year, Walt goes home and he's Walt's a golf fan. And, you know, the, the Masters golf champion gets to wear a green jacket uh, upon, uh, upon winning that. And uh, so Walt bought this Bavarian hat which, you know, we all kind of have an, an image of what those, you know, green Bavarian hats are. And that became the trophy of the Rookie of the Year. So Walt wore that all the next year, and and we were telling everyone, hey, look at that green hat, Rookie of the Year. And at the end of the 2004 year, he passed on this award, this hat, to the next Rookie of the Year. Von Dereck. Mr. Vondereck. Mr. Vondereck. Steve Vondereck was uh, a seven, I think he was 71. He's still alive. He's still doing great. Uh, But at that time, 20 years ago, he was 71 years old, didn't drink a lot, uh, but he didn't need to. He just was visiting with everyone, laughing, smiling, (laughs) having fun. And so Walt anointed Mr. Vondereck with the hat Yep, and then... Mr. Von the next year passed it on to the winner in 2005 doc Larry and oh and yeah so on
0: legends now and the hat has become rather legendary because on the hat if you win rookie of the year you get you have your name on it must like much like a major trophy that you right. have for any uh you know for any golf tournament or hockey tournament there's like you get your name and then you add something to the hat something from yourself so the hat's kind of legendary it's kind of cool you see the hat kind of cruise around but that is the rookie of the year and that's that's been a it's been a again Kenny like we were talking about this earlier there was no major plan for this whole to Mm. turn into what it is. We never imagined we'd have 500 guys. We have a, we basically have an executive committee. (laughs) We have, I tell people about this. I'm like, we got a website, we got a a Twitter handle, we got an Instagram, we got an executive committee. I don't know if I should be very proud or kind of embarrassed (laughs) that we're this organized around drinking beer. Um, But it's not about drinking i mean it is about you know enjoying beer together but really it is about that gamut like we're talking about that that special that special brotherhood um i'll switch gears and just talk about like how this has grown we were into let's go back to we were into 2003 we started making jerseys uh if i remember correctly the group had grown to about 30 40 50 ish in the 03 range and in, um, in the
1: 0405 range. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I started, it started to build up, and I remember those jerseys. I still have some of those. Jerse- in fact, I was in charge of swag one year and they, I messed it up so badly that they decided I would never be in charge. of swag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Year.
0: Um, so let's go into 03, 04, 05. The group starts to grow a little bit. Uh, what was it like for you to keep that organized? I know we had, at one point, we grew up to like, you know, a little bit too big. We wanted to
1: dial it back. Talk talk to us through the 2000s and how how, how it kind of evolved. Yeah, I mean, it, it did absolutely grow organically. Uh, as I said, initially, it was just friends and business colleagues. And, and hey, I wanted to share this fun experience with them. Um, but guess what? They wanted to share it with their friends too. Yeah. Their and their sons and their fathers. Um, and so it just grew organically. Uh it's the old they told two friends, and they told two friends. So it really mushroomed pretty darn quickly from um from oh three when we just had a table full of knuckleheads, yeah. To you know, kind of uh oh seven. I think we had uh maybe fifty or so uh, uh people. Um and it, you know, at that point you got 50, 50 people and you go, wow, that's, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of management. I'm working full time. And, you know, I don't really have a lot of time to, to organize this yeah. thing. But, uh, but yet, um, we were, uh, continued to, uh, bring a group every year. Um, and the energy level just kept growing and growing. And, um, you know, we, we, um, Got to the point, John, where we took up an entire hotel. The yeah. Ars Vivendi. As Ars you Vivendi know. Yeah. They uh they they dedicated the whole hotel to our group. And I thought, that's it. That's that's where we want to be. It was sixty one people. Yeah. They had sixty one beds in that we hotel. We have arrived. We have our own hotel at Oktoberfest. Dedicated. These three days there's no other people in the hotel other than the hacker heron. And then uh and then we said, Okay, well that's it. That's what we want to do. Sixty one is the, is the right number. Yeah. We'll max it out at that. Yeah. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, right? So people call you. Am I going to if you're going to call me and say, hey, I got a great buddy or my yeah. brother, they want to come. My dad wants to come. Right. I want to bring my son. Oh, right. Sorry, we, we were we're full. Right. So we didn't uh, put that cap on that 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 we thought we were going to. And uh, we ended up having to uh, go to two different hotels. So we had 61 in, in the Ars Vivendi and the Overflow uh, in, in another hotel. And, um, I didn't like that a lot, Mm -hmm. but we, we didn't really have any options, John. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the best, but what we did do, we kept the culture because we had all the rookies and their, uh, their, their, their sponsors, so to speak in the RS Vivendi hotel. So they were all, all the rookies were together along with their sponsors and the veterans that didn't bring a rookie would stay at the other hotel. Yeah. Yeah, So it, it kind of kept the fun and the culture right. going right. Um, even though we were split up and we'd all meet up in the tent. And, of course, we'd all meet up after uh, the Oktoberfest was closed for pizza, pizza. and, and oh, yeah. uh, tell the funny stories about what, what occurred during the, <laughs> the prior 12 hours of beer drinking. <laughs> so, uh, So we went a number of years, John, where we would be in two separate hotels. And then this year – for the first time in many, many years, we're going to all, we're changing hotels. We're not going to be in the Ars Vivendi this year. We're going to be in the Hotel Seibel, which has over a hundred beds. Yeah. So we're all going to be in one hotel. We're right all going to be, we're all going to be
0: together. are going to get the band back together. Hotel Seibel is on your jersey. So this is another fun part of the Hacker Heron on the, if you're watching this online, you got Hotel Seibel on his left arm and on the right is the Hacker Heron symbol, which obviously Hocker is the beer tent we go to. So for the, all those who go to Germany and they're thinking, oh, I don't speak German, how am I going to get along? You just have to put, <laughs> put your jersey on and go, hey, and I have, I have the travel shirt on, Hotel Seibel right here. That's where I need to go at the end of the day. You have it like tattooed on your arm, like, here you go. And people will take you. They'll, they'll direct you right there. Now the Hotel Cybal, by the way, is not hard to find. You can see it from Oktoberfest. It is right up on top of, uh, uh, right above the hill of shame, uh, which is a whole other story. I don't know if we'll have time to get into, but I don't want to skip over because, you know, Team Performance Institute, we talk about the power of relationships and we talk about like our second rule of engagement is, you know, to surround yourself with the best people possible. Right? You surround yourself with, it. and that is the Hocker Heron, but let's talk a little bit outside of the Hocker Heron for a second, because you easily skipped over, we got a whole hotel to ourselves. Whoa, that just doesn't happen. You can't just walk into any place or any, be an American and walk into any European city and say, I want to take this whole hotel for one of the most coveted weekends of all time, but you build a big relationship there. So tell us a little bit about, I'd like to go in, if you don't mind about, relationships like the relationships we have with the hotel, the relationships we have with, uh, our waiters and our staff and, uh, and the security and then what we've done with them. It's a really neat story because it goes beyond a bunch of Americans going over to the big Oktoberfest and having a good time. It goes way beyond that. Uh, if you, in the more you, you peel the onion here, the more you see how cool
1: this has become. Tell us a little bit about, start with the hotel. That, that's a, that's a great question. Um, John, um, so this is something that, um, without the relationships that we have built, this never could have gotten to what it is. Correct. It's it's not something where you can write a check and this is available. If you can write a bigger check, you get more stuff. The, none of this is is check based. Um, it, it's relationship, hundred percent relationship based. Mm-hmm. You couldn't buy what we are able mm-hmm. to to accomplish uh, with our relationships, and it starts. As you said, at the hotel, um, you know, we were nice guys. We, uh, people at the hotel, uh, appreciated our business. We appreciated and respected the jobs that they had to do, have to do. And um, we had fun together. We yeah. really had fun together. And uh, the owner of the hotel, Rico, I hope uh, we can share this uh, with Rico as oh, well. Rico will definitely listen to this. Rico's a great guy and, and he just embraced our group and, and allowed us to take over his whole hotel for, for three days. Um, and, uh, and facilitated it, uh, the, to, to allow us to to do the shenanigans that 60 drunk guys will do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then you take those relationships, John, into the tent. Yeah. You know, again, I mentioned it earlier, but, uh, but, uh, Joe, the Godfather, um kind of started introducing us to the waiters and we, again we weren't just buying a beer anymore now we got to know the waiters a little bit and after a couple years of of knowing the waiters um and being nice guys and tipping generously yeah. absolutely tipping generously um became friends with the waiters they introduced us to other waiters and then they also introduced us to their managers the wait staff managers um who without their support again we couldn't put we couldn't grab three four five six tables in the middle of the best tent in the best weekend the middle weekend every single year unless they supported it and, and embraced it so um over the years the waiters kept you know again we we earned their trust and they were introducing us up and up the chain and now we are um you know you fast forward to to 2023, and we are great friends with the general manager of the tent, yeah. the guy who runs the whole thing. He, uh he, he's our friend. He came over, John.
0: Not uh, the general manager of the tent, the general manager of Oktoberfest.
1: Also, also, both, both, yeah, uh, yeah both. both. Well, the general manager of the tent, like that's that's su- superpower. Bec- Within the tent, he, is, yeah, you know, he. It, it's basically his party, and yeah. you know, yeah, and and he allows this to occur or not. He can right. put the kibosh on it with one snap of the finger. Right. Um, this January, this past January, he came over to San Francisco where we had a big party in his honor. Yep. He brought his girlfriend. We celebrated with them and had just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, a party and years past. We've had, uh, uh, probably three or four of the waiters come visit us, whether it's in Chicago or in San Francisco. Um, we had one of the security uh, guys come over and visit us and, and yep. spend time with us. And we celebrated with with him as well. Um, so it's these relationships. And then, yeah, you you alluded to it. Um, last year, one of our friends introduced us to the general manager of Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. The whole festival. Yeah. Unbelievable. And he came in the
0: tent. He's like the mayor we, uh, got, we got a shirt for him. Yeah. We got a we shirt did. for him. Yeah. A great guy too. Clemens. Such a Clemens. Clemens great. great, great guy. And that's a very big job. He struggled a lot when um when COVID happened because I talked to him on the phone. Luckily, our, our good friend uh, Sophie, who has been around Oktoberfest, I think since she was two years old, <laughs> helped us uh become friends with Clemens. And uh during um and we were we were all dying and we were all just during like the whole COVID thing, we really missed being together, as most people did, and we really wanted Oktoberfest to happen. I remember I got on a phone call with Clemens, and he said to me, "Hey, uh, if you can get an insurance policy that that covers a million people, then we can have Oktoberfest this year. <laughs> but we can't do it in a scaled down version, so it so it didn't happen. um But we did something special in COVID, something I'm super proud of, and. Uh, or we should all be super the the, the group did tell, tell us a little the, the group of what we did before I'm gonna ask you a question, but I want give a little background before. Um, the servers that go to Oktoberfest, the servers that that's that, the, the waiting staff, they aren't necessarily affiliated with the with the brewery itself. These are typically young professionals or they're they're professional servers that uh, this two and a half weeks for them is a massive, uh, income stream for them because they're independent contractors to the beer tent. What they do is they go in and they spend their own money buying a bunch of tokens and then it's on them to go sell those, uh, sell beers and they, and they exchange them for the token. So it's a whole like cool system that they have and they make a few bucks off of each beer. So it's a very beautiful capitalistic kind of build. Like you, the, mo- the more you hustle, the more you sell. And it's super. And they have to go from table to table and you've probably seen the iconic Awesome waiters, men and women carrying the ten or twelve uh, mosses or what we'd call steins, and like they're they're walking through. These guys are really working hard for about two and a half, three weeks. They are busting their butts to, you know, make a ton of money. And it does create a lot of income for their families in our group, you know building on the talk on relationships we've had know, uh, guys who are putting themselves through law school, who now are good friends of ours and actually joined our group afterwards. We have, we had guys who are putting themselves through men and women putting themselves through medical school right? and just great young, I'd say young, God, I'm getting old, but like, these are, these are really like, you know, up and comers and great people. And then we've built just great relationships, literally 30 year relationships with, with the staff, but during COVID, they didn't have that income stream. And during COVID that's a tough time for them because you're probably losing. I'd guess maybe 20
1: to 30% of their yearly income. So talk to, uh, talk to us about what you did to, uh, to help with that. Yeah. Thanks for asking about that, John. It is one of the things that, uh, that uh, uh, that I'm most proud of, of, of our group. Um, you know, our group recognizes the, the, basically the story that John just told. And, uh, I sent a little memo out to, to, to the group and told them that, uh, it's unfortunate. Oktoberfest is canceled this year. And, uh, and and I really feel badly for the uh, for the waiters who are going to have this gap in their in their earnings for the year, with no uh, ability to plan in advance and, and make up for it another way. So they're going to you know they're going to have a hole. Um, so we decided to do a GoFundMe. Um, we asked the guys to uh, put in whatever they were comfortable with. John and um, um, the guys rallied together, and we were able to raise. Twenty six thousand dollars. Twenty six thousand. Twenty six grand. Um, and uh, we uh, took that money, and and the the waiters had no idea this was going on. By the way, this is just all of us acting, you know, behind the scenes. And um, I contacted uh, contacted them after we did the GoFundMe, um, which was, and I let them know right around Oktoberfest time that um that our our team was proud. To be able to help them bridge the gap um, for this year, and we split it amongst uh, uh, five. You know, we have five kind of core waiters in our group, and then we also helped. Uh, you know, one of the security uh, team that is uh, is a good friend of ours, and a couple other folks. We gave we gave um, some contribution to, to to help bridge that gap. And uh, John, it was as you would expect. They were mm. flabbergasted. Mm. They were dumbfounded, they had no expectation of this uh, contribution and the generosity, yeah. that uh, this group really um, uh, has towards their friends. These yeah. people are our friends, yeah. Um, and and I'm just really proud of that. It was amazing,
0: it really speaks to the character of the group, right? You just put it out there. I remember the email, you put it out there, and you're like, Hey, if you're thinking about like you know, people that might be in need right now, let's just think about like You know, these, you know, these folks and everybody was hurting during COVID. And, and that was just like really cool. It kind of speaks to the relationships, uh, that we've built. And it's not just, you know, it's not just us, like senior members of the group trying to keep this group going. This was everybody in the hacker here. And this is people who hadn't been there for a long time. What's been created here is 500 men who have been in some way affiliated, there's, in my mind, demograph, like there's three separate groups in Oktoberfest. There's your core group of veterans, I'd call them, uh, that show up pretty much every year. Like, <laughs> right.
1: If one of the veterans doesn't show up, it's like, oh, no, we're missing that guy. And There I, has to be a, a child's wedding, a birth, something to keep these right, core veterans. These core, which which does happen, right? Uh, yeah, everybody, does, life every, gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, everybody, it doesn't get in your way. um <laughs> But this is is your baby. Um, Well, my baby did get married last year, and she absolutely took into consideration Oktoberfest. So she got married at the end of October, knowing (laughs) that I'd be back and kind of well-rested by that time. That
0: is commitment. That is commitment. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, I had to miss Oktoberfest to my dying shame because I was here in Cincinnati doing the film festival. And I loved it because I got to chair an awesome film festival. Um, And the next year, they tried to do it, during the Oktoberfest weekend, and I told them I would be happy to chair the festival, but it can't be on this weekend. And so they were—they were—they had enough runway to say, "Okay, fine, we're going to do it a different weekend." Unbelievable! <laughs> it was so great. So I got to do both, live the best of both worlds. Um, so we got the core group, the core group, us. yeah, the vet, yeah, the old guys,
1: the uh the veterans. The guys with the big numbers on the back. That's right. Yeah, if you got double
0: digits on your back, you're you're part of that core group. Um, then you got your um. The guys who are really fun they show up maybe every couple years or once once every you know five years or they're celebrating a big birthday that's fun because you get to reunite with them you know that's you know, another probably 30 40 guys and then you got your rookies and we already talked about the rookie. the rookies are so fun i have two rookies going this year i can't wait and for me it's probably the same for you like when you bring a rookie to the tent it's i don't it's it's hard to describe because they see it for the first time and i think about a couple of my rookies i think about like. Trevor Helwig or Joe Ulrich, Dan Sandlin, Mitch Weiss. These are legendary names in the Hacker Harem. Just to see their faces light up, just to see them go, oh, my gosh, this is, this is for real. I, I, I love that feeling of bringing a
1: rookie in and then watching them just, just get absorbed by the environment. Yeah, they, uh, their eyes are as big as saucers. Their grins just don't fade at all. Mm-hmm. They're in the tent for 12 hours. And they are smiling from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. when the tenth closes.
0: We should probably talk about like how that works
1: for our group. We, um, it's kind of a schedule for us, right? We, uh, which I write down and send out to everybody, yeah. the rookies, so they know the, they know what the schedule is. We
0: got to know, you know, there's kind of, there's kind of if there aren't really many rules to this group. We do have a no A-hole rule, which we'll get into as well. But the schedule is cool. Cause you show up, you normally, we normally fly uh, over to Europe, um, on a, what would be a red eye. And we, we arrive in Europe in the morning and we go straight to, well, we go straight to the hotel just to drop off our bags. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to stay at the hotel. You can't take a nap or, you know, you, there's no, like, if you lose that momentum, you're screwed. You will fade fast. You'll if, fade if fast. You, if you
1: allow it to. Right. Yeah.
0: So we drop our bags, we go straight into the tent and we get there for about lunch and we go and the tents close. At 10 o'clock at night. Thank goodness. Yeah. Most people say 10 o'clock. Oh, that's way too early. What you know, what's going on? Like bars open and bars don't get going in the states till 10 o'clock. You are praying for 10 o'clock some days because you're just like, oh my gosh, because it's so fun, but it's so exciting and exhausting. And then the group goes ro- goes rolling out of the tent, typically together. Rolling is probably a good word. Um <laughs> stumbling out of the tent up the hill to arm in arm. Arm in arm, singing the songs of Oktoberfest to pizza. It used to be pizza. Uh, now it's a donor kebab. Right. Uh, there's a Chinese place next to it. Uh, just a great thing. So we do that. That's Thursday.
1: Yeah. That's all day Thursday. Friday morning. Tell us about the routine. Friday morning is tough because, you know, again, most people have arrived the day before. They were out all day, uh, you know, enjoying the Oktoberfest on Thursday night. And then we get them up at about 8 o'clock in the morning on Friday because we don't have reservations on Friday morning inside the tent but what we do have are relationships yeah big so um we have a, a little bite to eat in the hotel and then we walk over to the tent so that we can be there at nine uh o'clock uh the tents open at nine thirty 30 uh, to the public and at about nine twenty eight, 28 <laughs> before they open they uh, open the door for the hacker heron to come in so we can claim those tables in the best position in the best tent right next to the music. And we have a hundred guys, so we take up 10 tables of, of these prime real estate spots um, on Friday morning at 9:30. At, at 928. One of the, sorry to interrupt you, but one of the greatest things
0: to watch is as you sit in a tent, like w- w- when you go there, on Friday morning, everybody knows it's going to be a very packed weekend. So there is, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of people, thousands. thousands of people stacked around the doors and they let us kind of be single file roll in. We sit down and then they open the doors. And we're and, the
1: only ones in the tent at the, for, yeah. for two minutes. We're the only ones in the tent. Yeah.
0: And it blows uh, for rookies, especially. It blows, blows, and then they it blows their mind. And then all of a sudden, they open the doors, and it is like a sea of people running, jumping over like barriers and barricades to try to get as close to the band where we're sitting. But at that point, we have eight to ten tables all just sitting there, and it is it's one of the coolest moments, and it's one of the moments where you look at your rookies like, yeah, you're you're here, and they, they, it just blows their mind. It's one of the greatest moments ever.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so that, so Friday we get there first thing in the morning, we sit there, uh, they don't serve beer till 10. So you sit there for half an hour and, you know, just kind of kibitz a little bit. Then they start serving beer and, and, uh, pretzels start coming out at 10. Um, people are reliving the stories from the night before and <laughs> laughing and having fun, even though we're really, really rough and we'd rather be in bed. Yeah. Uh, uh that first beer gets down you and, and, and things start smoothing out a little bit. Um, and then at noon the music starts, so that's yeah. another energy boost. Yep, you get going a little. And now you've had a beer or two, and it's off to the races. It's
0: off to the races. The music at noon is what I like to—the Oompa Loompa band. Like it's the fun traditional German, you know, band. They're playing traditional German music. It's fun. It's an. It's a wonderful afternoon. You sit around, you talk, you get to know a lot of guys in the group. You get to hang out. You get to catch up with old, with good friends. Um. And then it rolls into about six or seven o'clock at night. And that's when things get (laughs) colorful because a different band comes on. And this was mind blowing to me my first Oktoberfest because they're playing songs like, like they're playing like Neil Diamond the rolling stones, John Denver. I mean, all like Brian Adams, Brian Adams, one. the summer of 69. You, have, you haven't lived until you've, that you have 10,000 Germans singing country roads,
1: <laughs> right? <Yep.
0: laughs> Swaying back and forth or New York, New York, right? Frank Sinatra. Right. You look around you're like, are you kidding me? And this has been going on for years and years and years, but that
1: band really lights it up.
0: And that goes till 10 o'clock. Is it 10 o'clock? No,
1: they, I think they go till nine. And yeah. then that, then the, Band that was there before comes back for the last hour. Or that's so. right.
0: That's right. Yeah. So they're
1: kind of like a cover. The the one before the the rock band is kind of like a cover band. Yeah, and, and they're all dressed, you know, all gaudy and you know, look like rock and rollers. Fired up.
0: Fun. Yeah, fired up. For years and years it was the KG Strings. uh Yeah, that's the name. Still of, is. Still it's still great is. fun band. And they get the crowd all all fired up. So we finish at uh, we finish that night and we basically rinse and repeat. We go back up to pizza. Uh, and then really, I mean, that's a long, we call that the marathon day. That's the day where, you know, you're really, you know, you really put out the next morning you get to sleep in and we oh, have, need that? Yeah, yeah, thank God. And we've done again to the, to the Testament, to the character of the, of the hacker heron. it's like, guys can sleep in, but they actually get up and they go into town and they go figure it out. We go, we go on bike tours. We go learn about, you know, we've been on um, beer tours. We've gone and um, we did a really cool, uh a bike tour, the third Reich tour one year It's really, mm-hmm. really
1: wild. Um, spend a little bit of time getting to know munich getting to know the culture some people do the the tough thing which is go to the uh, concentration camp dachau is is, uh is nearby and uh, a a few cultural things that's what people are doing on the saturday yeah just getting out get some fresh air stretching their legs a little bit some people walk the fairgrounds because it's like a county fair it is we don't typically see the county fair part of we just see the beer tent but yeah saturday is a good day to go out and you know, throw, uh, break, you know, win, win a stuffed animal type type yeah. thing, eat a snicker, uh, uh, fried Snickers or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a fun day. And then, and then we have our formal night. So Saturday night's the formal night. We, we don our traditional, everybody wears Lederhosen, by the way. And I'll show you, we Ken, I brought Ken's Lederhosen into the studio. So if you're watching this, I'm gonna, Ken, if you don't mind, I'll show you yeah. Lederhosen here. These are traditional German Lederhosen. I brought mine too different types of sets here. This is really neat because these are custom made uh, for Ken. And if you look closely, this is the dagger pouch, which is really, sorry, it's on this side. The dagger pouch is really neat. And Ken has put on here the Hawker Heron logo right here, which is really, really neat. It's something that we worked on here. Uh, We worked on together. It's got a lot of cool, you have it on your phone too. You have your own phone case uh, with it on. It's got the year 92, which was Ken's first year it's got the Bavarian flag, of course, the, the German pretzel. You'll see a lot of like the symbology of like you see a German pretzels. There's a lot of hearts around Oktoberfest, and then it also has. Let's see what else we got on 92. here. Oh, ninety-two, and then and the HH <laughs> for the hawk ho- for the hawker heron, um,
1: and we got a little wheat on the top, you know, to symbolize the beer.
0: Yep, um, just fun. We we designed that through a firm here in Cincinnati. Um, and that wasn't too long ago. Really? It was maybe like six, seven years ago, eight yeah, years
1: ago. About right. Yeah.
0: And since then we were able to put that on all of our gear, which is really fun. So it's like, yeah, it's on, it's on my sleeve here. And, and people start to recognize, recognize the, uh, the Hawker hair and logo, uh, which is also just a neat thing. It's like, it started to become, you know, more and more. But so this group, so that, that's, that's kind of the schedule. I'm sorry, I passed on. We get formal, we get all into our nice, we have white, nice white, uh, uh, Shirts linen. that we wear, linen shirts, and we go in. We have a reservation that night, Saturday night. We go up. We have a nice dinner all together.
1: Prior to that, though, at the hotel. Oh boy,
0: yeah, that's one of the funniest moments of
1: all. <laughs> I forgot. It's, it's the one thing I I probably look forward to the most. Yeah,
0: yeah. We go to we go to the hotel. Uh, uh, now we'll be all in the same hotel, which is great, and we have a ceremony uh, of. Um it's a small uh, uh recap of stories, funny roast going on, uh, a roast for everybody there, I pretty much. And then we hand out our awards for the for the year. We hand out the rookie of the year award, which we've talked about, and that's a big deal, uh, where they don the hat on the new rookie of the year. And then there's the Hackermeister Award, uh, which is Hackermeister is the the veteran. So tell us a little bit about the about the Hackermeister. It's somebody who's been at least one year as a veteran tell us a little bit about yeah, the so, so the
1: hackermeister is really you know we have the rookie of the year it's, it's you know it's the veteran of the year somebody that's been there before it's not their first time and the people that vote on that award are the guys that have been to oktoberfest in our group five years or more yeah. so if you haven't been there five years you don't get to vote on this award And and it's similar it's it's the veteran that's just just having a ball that year for whatever reason they know they know the ropes but maybe they took their son this year and they're just having a great time hanging out with their son or their son-in-law or maybe their buddies from college are are there this year and they just really embrace it. Uh, it's just just to to recognize you know what you really had fun this year and and we just want to we just want to award you and we give them a vest. you know we have the yeah. the hat for the rookie of the year, the green hat we have this purple vest and again, it's prestigious. If you get to wear that, you get to wear that vest all next, all that evening. And then the next year until you have to, to give it away. And, um, and frankly, John also on that vest, um, you know, I don't want to make this a downer, but we also, um, over the years, we've had 500 guys. Um, we've lost some of our guys, uh, yeah. who, yeah. who have been part of the hacker heron and, uh, we etch their names into this vest. You know, we have an, in memory of, um, and I think there are six names on there now that, uh, we're thinking of when we're, yeah. when we're over there. Yeah. So we, 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 we talk about those guys each year when we're there, Yeah. but the, the hackermeister is the guy that, uh, that just represents all the veterans and yeah. he's having a heck of a time this year.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's best. And it, you know, it's some, sometimes it's also, I think we, we get out the hacker, the, the ham, we call it the ham, the hackermeister award. to People who have just been foundational to the group, right. Who right. just, you know. A long-standing history and probably should have their name on that vest but really just to
1: recognize you recognize, know like we yeah. really appreciate what you mean to this group
0: yeah um it's, it's really it, it is really neat i think about the guys who uh you know again it's that brotherhood it's that that, it's that family that we've built over time that the trust that you build in the group in this this great moment of awards and, and passing out the awards um the stories always crush me because they're so funny every year. This becomes a funny, I, I, go in every year thinking it can't be as funny as it was last year, <laughs>
1: and then it ends up, it being always tops way. it. It always does. And, and just like Oktoberfest, John is it's the best year is always the current year. It's always better every yeah. single year. Yeah. We don't, we, we, we don't go backwards. We right. get, we just build and it gets more and more fun and, and more and more meaningful. Um, and we just have a great time. Yeah.
0: The, um, I think about it and when I, when I try to describe it sometimes to people, I say, you know, it's really, I don't think we could do this in America. Um, the way that it's done in Germany, we worked hard to bring, well, actually, you know, I'm talk a little bit about this for a second. Cause this is also a neat part, an understated part of the hacker heron that every year, we donate a little bit of money towards towards something cool, or we have in, in years past. Uh, obviously, we talked about the COVID um, the COVID GoFundMe for our waiters. We've also done neat things for charity, like you know, put together a few bucks you know towards charity. One year, uh, we're supporting the military. We were able to fly one of my uh, SEAL team brothers out, who you know probably wouldn't have the time, energy, or you know the the resources to just get a plane ticket and come to Germany for a weekend. We flew him out, and it was just a cool, like you know, recognition of supporting our veterans. We've supported. Talk a little bit about some of the other things we've supported. Autism was one of them,
1: if I remember right. right. We, uh, we we donated some money to uh, to uh, an autism group in the Bay Area. One of our um, one of our uh, brothers um, has two autistic children, so we decided that was going to be the, uh, the the charity that we we recognize. Um, we did a, 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 a veteran um uh substance abuse why don't you talk yeah, about that yeah one? That absolutely yeah what, what, yeah for what, the joseph house yeah, yeah. the joseph house, yeah
0: course. the group the group donated to a awesome veterans group called the joseph house uh that I, i'm honored to be on the, the board for that helps helps chemically dependent and homeless veterans get get back on their feet so i wouldn't say it's a huge part of our group we're not like we're not designed as like a nonprofit that's raising right. raising money for um for anybody but it's just again a testament to the character of the guys that, that go on this trip every year it's like yeah why don't we you know do something a little bit just beyond us and I, I love that um yeah i said you know it's hard i don't think we could do this in america the way that we do it over there it'd be hard to put ten thousand americans in a tent and serve a ton of beer in this pretty pretty intense environment and not have you know physical altercations if you go to the bars in in everybody in america knows this like there's going to be you know they have bouncers for a reason they're kicking guys out for a reason but at octoberfest you really don't see that and you certainly don't see it in our group we have this no no kind of uh a-hole um mentality um but it's pretty much vetted by the time they get there um yeah talk to us a little bit about like how we how we self-police and how do how you know people be curious as to you got 500 guys. It's the greatest energy ever Create this awesome group, but aren't there problems? Like every team has problems. Every, right. you know, tell us a little bit about how we police each other and how that, how that goes down. Well, in it mind. starts
1: with the culture, John. Uh, we, we really, uh, talk about it. Um, we, we try to make sure that everyone understands they have a responsibility to the goodwill that we've built up over the 20 plus years. Um, and we don't want them to compromise what we have established um so the, the the guys who have gone understand it and know it um and we talk to again it's just part of our culture it's that they make sure we we make sure that um we don't we, we all have those friends we all have those guys in our group that we run with and you know they're fun and everything but they wouldn't really be right for this group because they're a wild card for whatever reason you don't know they might go, they may, they might be the likes to fight guy, you know, and you know, we right. just don't, we just don't tolerate any of that. And therefore our group aren't inviting those people that are in their group, uh, to, to come to October right. fest. They're inviting the guys that will enhance our group, right. not, uh, not, not detract from it. So, right. um, and, and it's really worked out. We kind of self police it. Yeah. If we do see something going on and, Hey, look, we're drinking beer. We're out there. We're tired. It does rear its head but other members of the hacker heron who may be seeing something will absolutely go over there and maybe buy the the local person or the person that's not in our group a beer just to try to calm things down hey hey sorry no we didn't mean anything by right pull pull our guy away and you know just separate them and and try to have a little gesture of hey he's you know he's just had an extra one and and we're sorry for yeah that We, we yeah that's not who we are and I was going to say ninety, whatever percent. It's a hundred percent of the time that that really uh, yeah. diffuses the situation. It really and we does. make a yeah. friend out of it. It really
0: does. We've we've turned situations that might have in a you know in any other circumstance might have been. Uh, pretty rough Turned them into like hey let's hang out and again it's Oktoberfest. buy somebody a beer hang out get to know them do your best to try some of our folks even have uh, learned german like they decided to start their duolingo or their like you know right. um their own little thing so they learn just just a bit so we're we're trying I, I i would say it's the opposite of ugly americans right um and they it, appreciate the effort
1: uh, yeah. by the way they I mean you know germans typically speak english extremely well Um, our German is typically never going to be as good as their English, but they absolutely appreciate and get a kick out of us
0: trying. Yeah. Yeah. One of the moments that I remember, um, where I thought, Whoa, we have arrived (laughs) because Germans are pretty, let's be honest. They're pretty tough about the rules, right? So there's certain rules you can't break in the tents. And one of them is, Uh, you can't stand on the tables, right? That's the whole thing. You can put one foot on a table. There's benches and tables. You can't put both feet on a table. Um, you can't take your shirt off, right? Um, we broke all those rules all at one time. I don't know what happened. They, there was a song playing that was, uh, I think you can keep your hat on. And this is a very embarrassing year for us. I don't even remember. If you look back at the pictures, they're awful, but we all decided we're just going to stand up on the tables and just have our own private, like funny. And, and, and the security were like, yeah, okay. It's one it's, song. It's one song. And then, you know, then we put it all back together, but it was really funny. But another thing that really, the, one of the stories I think about it, like, Oh my gosh, this was, I can't believe this went down. Um, by accident we're up on the balcony
1: on our saturday night and, and, we'll, and this balcony is 30 40 feet above yeah. the ground it's it's pretty high up there
0: really high um and um you're having you know uh, dinner at these nice tables they look like picnic tables and for in a in a freak accident walt Steinbeck, who's the great rookie of the year one of the greatest guys of our group uh accidentally gets bumped and 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 his moss his big leader stein falls off the balcony. Now there's a massive rule that you don't throw anything off those balconies and it's, it's a safety concern. And the Germans are like immediately you're out of here, right? This Stein falls, luckily doesn't hurt anybody. Hits the table.
1: It hits the table down below explodes. Yeah. Oh, nobody gets hurt.
0: Thank God. No, nobody gets hurt. I think they got a little wet. (laughs) This thing just goes and they were really upset down there. We were sorry. There was a guy who had bumped Walt, who it was, it was a really weird situation, and of course, security
1: came up. They were on us with like 20 seconds, and they they escorted Walt out. Walt, and, they, and they roll like six or eight deep. They don't. It's just not a security guy comes up. They got six, eight guys in yeah. these security shirts coming up yeah. in force. And you're not messing around. You get out of their way. You
0: see them coming. They are, they're ready to go. Walt thinks he's going to jail. He doesn't speak German. He's like freaking out. Like, hey, Walt, it's going to be okay. So he gets kicked out of the tent, and... <laughs> We go well, somebody goes out of the tent with him he's got like one of our uh he's got the white shirt on. We switch him into a different shirt. We go around the side door where we know the head of security and within two minutes he's back in the tent back up at the table <laughs> to the amazement of ten thousand people like how did this guy get back in? I sat back at that moment and said we ha- we have arrived We have arrived as a group we don't we do not take advantage of are, um, I think we, we see it as a responsibility in the town. We don't take advantage of this. We don't, you know, um, we try, we try to look after each other. We try to look after everybody else in the town. We don't take advantage of our, I would, you know, egotistically say clout of, of our group. Um, but that was one moment where I thought, yeah. oh my goodness, this is, this has really become something really neat. You know, we, we, uh, again, you've built some great relationships, like we said, like the head of security has flown to Chicago to spend time with our teammates, families, and got to know them. Our waiters and waitresses will fly here and we do reunions in San Francisco, Pleasanton, where the most of us like stuff ground zero for uh, Oktoberfest right there. Um we do reunions in Chicago, we do a reunion now in Cincinnati. Uh, that's what we're on right now. We're on this like we're on this tour. Like Ken came in, he's in South Carolina, flew into uh Chicago. We met there. We did our big uh we call the swag party where we give out all these jerseys and gear with all of you know all of Chicago. And then we together we flew back to Cincinnati. We did it last night. We had a wonderful time at uh at a brewery called the Common here where one of our one of our brothers owns it. It's a brewery and uh and um it's a great time. So we're like uh, we're kind of on tour, you know, doing this. It's been for me personally, it's just been such an, a beautiful add-on to my what I consider one of the best lives I could possibly live is to have this to look forward to every year. It's just goes beyond; it really goes beyond uh, so many things that we ever imagined it would be.
1: You know, and, and the the one thing that we we haven't talked about, John, which uh, I think is also important, is you know we we you, you saw my shirt when I turned around. My name is Hasselhoff. We all have nicknames, and for the most part, we don't we don't know each other's real names. I mean, <laughs> I do because I run the thing, but in yeah. general, people don't know each other's real names. We don't know who does what in this world. We don't care. We just uh, get to know each other uh, on a on a uh, uh, you know. There, there's no hierarchy, right? Um, it, it's just skies and you're just reaching out and making new friends and, and embracing each other. And if you're the CEO of uh, of, you know, a fortune 500 company, or you're an entrepreneur, nobody knows, nobody cares.
0: That's right. super successful guys in our comp in our, in our company, I say in our, in the hacker Heron. Um, and what I've learned in, in life is the more you dig in, the more you, learn about people, the more impressed you're going to find about their real stories, we could probably do 500 podcasts on each individual Hacker Heron and how impressive each of their stories are. And as I've got to learn and open my eyes a little bit to, oh my gosh, there are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. There are like people who run billion dollar enterprises in this, in this thing. And they're just the guy that you can sit next to and have a few beers. We've built this. Uh, For me personally, because I've been lucky enough, I lived in Baltimore, Chicago, and I've recruited people out of like those areas. I was in the military. Um, I invite these great friends from that. So it's the one weekend of the year that I can count on to see some of my best friends that I've made throughout the years from all the different cities that I was a part of over the past 50 years. So this is like such a fun reunion. I mean, I I joke about it. I say, we we could do this in Wisconsin. You know, we could do this if we got this group together. And, you know, we had that energy in Chicago two nights ago. It was just
1: so fun,
0: but nothing beats the energy in the tent. But that, you know, just talk
1: to us a little bit about, you know, across the miles and the connections you make. Yeah. So first of all, John, none of this could happen without um, supportive families. Amen. Uh, My wife, I Gosh, Linda, I can't – I mean, you know uh, that none of this would happen uh, with without your full, full support. I bet I talk about Oktoberfest 350 days a year. It, it comes up – maybe it doesn't come up a day or two here and there, but it pretty much comes up in my life every day, which means it comes up in Linda's life every day. And and all of our wives, Anya and, and uh, Walt's wife, Penny, they all um, are – Supportive because they recognize how important this relationship, this bond that we've created is to us and how it really uh, makes us better men.
0: Yeah. And beyond that, you've also created an award for the wives, right? right? So when somebody crosses over 10 years at Oktoberfest, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I I think it's just amazing. You, You buy the wives jewelry for saying, hey, thank you for allowing this guy to be a part of this group. It is a sacrifice. It's a financial and a time sacrifice. And we all have very busy lives to come and be a part of this, you know, right. without you, we recognize it without their support probably wouldn't happen or, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's really neat.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we, we do, we, we honor the, uh, the guys who have been 10 years. We honor their wives with a, a little Edelweiss uh, necklace, a beautiful necklace that uh, Barron's jewelers, uh, created for us, custom made for us. Um, and Ronnie Heller and his team have done a great job of, of, of creating that. Um, and it's a beautiful uh, piece of jewelry that I know Linda wears proudly and it looks beautiful on her. Um, and, and all the other wives also are, are uh, really kind of flabbergasted that, um, that we do take the, the time to, uh, to recognize that without them, this couldn't happen. Yeah. It's, it can, it's, it's,
0: it's, amazing. I tell people if, if you want to go to carnival, you know, big, obviously another big, if you want to go to Mardi Gras, there's probably, uh, you know, do the running the bulls in Spain. There's probably a group that has it 100% dialed in. If you want to go to Oktoberfest in Germany, <laughs> we are that group. And Ken, you are the guy who's kept it in place and organized and really created something really, something really neat. It's hard. It's hard not to come back year after year for
1: me personally. Yeah. I I I enjoy it. It takes a lot of time, but, uh, takes, uh, it's not a burden at all. If it were a burden, I wouldn't do it. Uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, to keep this group together year after year. And, and I get comments from every single one of the guys, uh, afterwards about, um, being thankful that this does go on year and year and thank thanking me for keeping them connected to their brother, their dad, yeah. their buddy from the military, whatever, right. Whatever the connection is um, that they would have fallen away from the ones that are close to them. That's uh, right. With or without something like this.
0: That's right. So everybody listen. you might not have, or want to be a part of, you know, something that goes to Oktoberfest, but going back to the, to the real gist of this is is life is about relationships, creating relationships, creating the right venue and time to get together, making those sacrifices from an organizational standpoint. Like I just crossed the, the 50 yard or 50, 50 yard line. I just crossed the 50 year like mark personally. And I decided, Hey, I want to double down on relationships i can't create ken and i know each other for 20 years if i meet somebody new today i'm certain there's a lot of great people that i could meet but i can't create the amount of memories that we share the amount of stories that we share uh in the next 20 years and why not double down on this why not double down on these relationships? so for those of you listening think about your families think about the teams you're creating think about the relationships that you're in think about how you might be able to create something even small, because as we said, there was no master plan to this. We just found the right venue, but started gathering the right people around it. It hasn't been without circumstance. We've had to make sacrifices. We've we've had to do things that are, uh, you know, certain times it's been harder than others, you know, to get over there. We've celebrated life and death together. Uh, family members, you know, being there, uh, never forget, you know, the heartfelt condolences that went out, you know, when your mother passed and things like that, we've really become very close. So just want to encourage everybody to continue to surround yourself with the best people possible. Um, if you think about it and you have the ability to try to create something like this, this is grandiose. I mean, this, this is, Ken, you, this is, this is way too, in my mind, At 50, I'm like, well, I don't think I could ever create something like this. I'm glad it exists, and I'm glad I'm a part of it. Um, But I just wanted to, you know, just to spend a moment saying thank you again for what you've created. Uh, It's a beautiful part of many people's lives. And uh, for those of you listening, um, you know, continue to to reach out. Be a part of – be a deeper part and, and more meaningful part a more significant part in relationships that you're part of because here's a man who's done it. And he's done it every day. And his wife, Linda puts up with that every day. And she's a great author, uh, by the way, Norris Bloom, uh, incredible author. And, um, um, she's got her own world in her own life. Um, but I, 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 can't, you know, really put into words the enormity of what this has become. And you don't really get to, you don't really get to experience it until you show up in the tents and close this out with our uh, our tagline
1: you think you know but you have no idea <laughs> well kenny thanks thanks for an hour here
0: of your time and one last prost 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 oh man this has been fun Well, everybody, thanks for joining us on The Next Level. Look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. We're here with Ken Bloom, the founder of The Hacker Heron, a brother and a friend. And um, have a great day. We'll see you out there soon. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on The Next Level. We hope that you found a couple of tips or insights today that you can take into your daily life. To learn more about our leadership training programs, our executive coaching programs, and the Team Performance Institute, please visit us at teamperformanceinstitute.com or email us at info at Hope you have an awesome day.